to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Well, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. It's my privilege and honor to be with you today. This truly is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. Try that with me. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. Right there in your home. Do it again. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. Man, I tell you what, when I woke up this morning, I woke up, I, I was thanking God for the fact I was still alive. I was Thanking God for the fact I'm in a warm home. I thank God for I have clean clothes. I have food on my table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head, good shower water, that I have a family who loves me. I have a dog who adores me. And I have people who God has chosen us to, to lead into this next season. I give God all the glory and all the honor and all the praise that is due his name in Jesus' name. Mine, again, this is your first time. Welcome to Ignite, Ignite, Ignite. We're here to ignite life and, and purpose within our generation in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God, hallelujah. Even in the midst of everything that's going on, even in the midst of all the test trials and tribulation, God is still good. Say that with me. In the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of all the test trials and tribulations, God is still good. God's goodness does. One more time, in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of all test trials and tribulations, God is still good. God's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. No matter what your situation is, no matter what your circumstances is, God is still good. None of that changes because of what you're going through. None of that changes because of what's going on around you, because God is still good. He's so good. God's like too sweet to Kool-Aid. If you ever had, if you was down south, you had somebody made some Kool-Aid, one of your cousins made Kool-Aid and they put sugar in it, but it, you didn't realize how much sugar they put in it and you put more sugar in it. Man, that's called too sweet Kool-Aid. In fact, it's so sweet. When you taste, you go, ooh. And you know what? When you experience the goodness of God, God is so good that when you experience him, all you can go, no words can explain it. All you can do is go, whoo, God, you are just so good. He is just so, 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 so good. Even in the midst of God is still good. Don't be moved by your situations and circumstances. Why? Because the word of God says that those things are only temporary, which means they, they have an expiration date. Every trial, every tribulation, every circumstance you go through has an expiration date. And God told me to tell you that expiration date is today. That expiration today is right now. If you believe it, you receive us to tell that situation, the circumstance you're going through, your expiration day is today, and you got to come up out of here in the name of Jesus. Now, God, when we was before we started this uh, praise and worship day in prayer, God gave me this one where he says, there is a way. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, he says, there is a way which seems right to a man. There is a way that seems right to you. There's a way that seems like the right thing to do. It's, there's a way that see, this, this ultimately has to be the way God's going to do it. It has to be the way this is going to work out. It's going to happen exactly this way. He said, there's a way that seems right to a man. He says, but the end of that way is destruction. The end of that, the end of that way ends up in death. In other words, it ends up, you lose more than what you thought you gained. It wasn't worth it. He says again, and New American Standard Bible says, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its ways, its end is the way to 
death. That word death means destruction, loss, lack, not enough. There's a way that seems right. There's a way that many believers have been trying to do things, and it seems right. There's a way that the world has been trying to do things, and it appears to be the right thing to do. It On the, on the surface, it looked like this is the only way that thing was going to happen. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God gave me a message to give you today, and I'm here to tell you there's another way. There's another way. In fact, Jesus said he is the way. He says in John chapter 14, believers, verse 8, he says, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. No man comes to the Father except by me. So if, if he's saying there's a way to man that seems right, but the end of his way is the end of death, destruction, failure, and loss. God says, I got a better way. I say, God says, I got a better way. You must have took a, missed a great place to say amen. And God says, I got a better way. I got a better situation. I have a better outcome for you if you will make a decision in your heart to do it my way. Now, ever since the beginning of this year in January, we've been, been talking about how uh, the first message of the year was gonna do it God's way because God gave us a word. He says, in this year, 2022, will be a year of the Lord's blessing and favor. 2022 will be a year of the Lord's blessing and favor. And he's been talking to us over the last few weeks about making the adjustments to do it my way, do it my way, do it my way, do it my way. Because see, can I, can I give you a new slash? When Jesus came to the earth, Jesus did not come to the earth to establish a religion. I know, right? Jesus did not come to earth to establish your religion, but he came to earth to reestablish the kingdom of God. So if that's why so many people are struggling right now, because they're trying to keep a religion. When Jesus said, I didn't come to establish a religion, he says, I came to reestablish the kingdom of God, which means God's nature, God's culture, and God's way of doing things. Jesus came to reestablish God's nature, God's culture, and God's way of doing things. So until you begin to get un understand what that really means, you are going to struggle. Everything in heaven, everything in the universe, everything on earth, according to the kingdom of God, has a predictable outcome. Everything in heaven, everything in the universe, everything on earth, when you do it according to the kingdom of God, has a predictable outcome. Many people say, you never know what God's going to do. If you're operating according to the kingdom of God, you will always know what he's going to do. You will always know what he's going to do. Why? Because, you, because you're a citizen of the kingdom, He and he is the one who you're working hand in hand, conjunction with one another. You may not know who he's going to use, you may not know where he's going to use it at that particular until you begin to operate according to his way of doing things. But he had when you're operating according to the kingdom of God, there is a predictable outcome. Amen. Woo! Thank you, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. I received that. There is a predictable outcome. 
He said, we're going to talk about that. He says there's a predictable outcome. He says, and the reason why you haven't seen it as of yet, because you keep trying, one minute you're doing it my way, the next minute you're doing it your way, then you're doing it my way, then you're doing it your way, then you're doing it so-and-so's way. He says, because you have not made up in your mind, Father, your way of doing things is the final authority. He says, you kind of like all over the place. You know what they call that? Yo-yo Christianity. I tell people, they ask me, are you a Christian? I said, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. They said, what's the difference? I said, Christians are people who say they're Christ-like, but they do it based off of do's and don'ts, based off of rights, customs, and religious practice. As a follower of Jesus, Jesus followed the kingdom of God. My purpose is always to follow the kingdom of God. Whatever God's way says to do it, that's the way we're going to do it. No questions asked. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. I need to make this declaration and we're going to jump right in. So we're making a decision to do it God's way. And this declaration of the court is Isaiah 61 and 1 says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to give unto the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they, the ones who have the spirit of the Lord upon them, they will, hallelujah, they will repair, they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to you alone we give the glory, the honor, and praise, and we thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preacher and our teacher will not be with the Tyson words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person. Touch each and every person across these airways. The anointing of God, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power is released across these airways released mm -hmm. across these podcasts released right now in this room and and as a result your life will never again be the same father we thank you that your word is anointed we thank you father god that your word is is it, it washes father god it washes fear doubt and unbelief right out of our heads right out of our all of our minds right now in the name of jesus and as a result father you will be glorified in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. Now, can I tell you something? You know what that word church means? I'm going to tell you from the Greek word is, is uh, ecclesia, which means gather, uh, is a government, a government assembly. Ecclesia is a government assembly. Jesus says, upon this revelation that I am the, the Christ, the son of the living God, I'm going to build my government assembly. So when you're coming together, we're coming together to take care of government business. And that's exactly what we're going to take care of today in the name of Jesus. Now, when you say government, what government are you talking about? I'm talking about the government of the kingdom of God. I'm talking about the government of the kingdom of heaven. I'm not talking about the government of Canada, but we're going to talk about that a little bit today anyway. And we're going to talk about it because that's where we are. In Jesus' name. But God gave me this word early this morning. I'm going to share it with you as we were spending time together. He said this. He says, fear not, neither be dismayed, for I am with you everywhere you go. Your adversary truly believes he has won, and he has you right where he needs you to be. But I laugh at him, for I've already made a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. 
He believes if he keeps them so busy and afraid that he can overcome you and conquer you, but I'm raising up a mighty army that will crush his head and take back everything he's taking and require him to pay seven times that which he has taken. So don't be afraid for I've already calls you to triumph in Christ Jesus. This day I'm giving you my plan to conquer so you don't so don't be anxious or afraid but be of good cheer for I am with you wheresoever you go says the spirit of grace. Declare I am an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Your ladder will be greater than your past. Your battle is not with flesh and blood so don't spend your time cursing man when he's only a puppet being used by the adversary adversary to oppress my people but i will silence him once and for all and you will see my will be done in earth just like it is in heaven so guard your hearts against hate against bitterness and unforgiveness he also goes on to say i'm talking about here in the nation of canada he created an event to justify his actions, but judgment will come quickly to his house. Who judgment will come? Who mm. judgment will come quickly to his house, as well as anyone who has assisted him in carrying out these actions against my people. People believe that the world's government is for them, but it's not. They use, talking about the world's government, they use people and groups like pawns to keep them in power so they can carry out their ultimate plans. They don't really care about your cause as much as they care about your vote and resources that will keep them in power. It all comes down to power. All this has been a plan to cause people to conform to the will of the government and become a communist socialistic state where the people are dependent on the government to keep their basic rights and have their needs met. It's not just today, but it's but this has been in the works for years. So I'm telling you like never before, get off the world system for you've seen the beginning of the end of it. And it's a lot closer than you think. Banks will fall, companies will fall, governments will fall, and it will force people into a one world government and a one world currency and a one world religion. That's the adversary's goal. But just as I need people to carry out my will, the adversary does too. He has no idea what he's done, but he will soon find out. So choose you today who you will serve for the end draws nigh and is even closer than you think. All the stuff that you're seeing right now is a power move. And see, if you look simply on the surface, you will miss what's really going on. If you look simply on the surface, you will miss who's really behind all the stuff. People are puppets. People are being used. 
as much as you know, people say that he support this person supports this and that person supports that, they don't support that as much as they support the fact that they want to stay in power. So if I gotta bend and say I believe in such and such in order to get your vote, guess what they're gonna do? That's exactly what they're gonna do until they get in the position that they want, and then they'll catch amnesia and forget about everything that they ever said. But there's more to it than just them forgetting. There's a lot more to it, and we're going to talk about that today in the name of Jesus. If I was to give this message a title, I, the title of this message was, I can see clearly now. I can see clearly now. Glory to God. People ask, am I a conservative? No. Are you part of the People's Party? No. Are you part, are you a liberal? No. Are you in the NDP? Nope. Republican? Nope. Democrat? Nope. I am a follower of Jesus and I represent one kingdom and that's the kingdom of God, period, point blank. Do I vote? Absolutely. But I don't vote based off party. I vote based off which one of them actually lines up closer to the kingdom of God, period, point blank. That's it. That's all. In Jesus name. Now, I will tell you this. And according to Isaiah 62 and 1, we will not be silent. We stand on guard for Canada. Because we're in Canada, we stand on guard for Canada. And we will not be silent. We're not standing on guard for Canada for one, one individual group, one individual people. But we stand on guard for Canada. And I'm going to tell you why we stand on guard for Canada. And, and it says it right here. It says, for it says Zion's sake, but I say for Canada's sake, we will not hold our peace. And for Canada's, Ottawa's sake, we will not rest until the righteousness thereof goes forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. So we're going to not going to be silent for these, these, our land. Why? So that the right righteousness can go forth and salvation burns like a lamp. We also won't be silent in the course of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, because it says this, 2 Corinthians chapter, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 says this, but if your, our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost, in whom the God of this world, talking about your adversary, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Believe not what? The gospel, the good news about what? The kingdom of God. He's blinded their minds to it, to the point where if we stay silent, lest the light of this glorious gospel of uh, Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He wants to keep you silent. He wants to keep the body of Christ silent. Your government officials who are being used as pawns to try to keep members of the body of Christ silent, the whole reason, they don't know they're being used like this, but they're being used to keep people in the dark. But can I tell you something? When the light shines, it exposes what's going on in the dark. When the light shines, it exposes what goes on in the dark. In fact, in, some, in uh, Proverbs chapter, um, hang on, and I apologize, in quarters of Psalms chapter 19, verse 105, it says, I'm reading out of Amplified, it says, your light, your word is a lamp to my feet, your, and a light unto my path. So your word becomes a light unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. He also says in Psalms 119 and 130, he says this, he says, the entrance 
and unfolding of your words give life. What happens? It gives revelation. So the interest of God's word gives revelation. He says it also gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. So the interest of God's word gives revelation light to the point it shows you the way that you should go. And when you get his word, it talks about here in Psalms 119 and 133, it says, establish my steps and direct them by means of your word. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. So it even talks about here, and in, in, in if you go back and read John chapter three, it says that people love darkness more than they love the light. And the reason why they love darkness more than the light was because whenever there's light, it exposes what's going on in the dark. And what we're going to talk about today is is going to expose what's going on in the dark so that you can see clearly now what's really going on. Now, we've been talking about, hey, when a situation circumstance when in life, we have one motto in everything that we do. Matthew chapter 6, 33 says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's nature, God's lifestyle, God's culture. Seek ye first God's nature, lifestyle, and culture, and his righteousness, his way of being right. And all these things will be added unto you. So if I want to understand about all these, how do I get all these things added unto me? He just told me, seek first God's way of doing things. Seek God's nature. Seek God's culture. Seek God's lifestyle. Seek God's system and operate in uprightness. What does that mean? You give the word of God first place above your own thoughts, above your own theories, above your own ways. He also says this. He told me to tell you, he says, I did not give you, in accordance to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 7, God did not give you a spirit of fear. When all that stuff started going down yesterday and on Thursday here in, in the Capitol, when the police came in and they was using means that we had not seen, I had not seen that type of means in, in a Western culture. I've seen it over in, in some other cultures, but to the point where the police come in like a mob and everything and treat the, their own citizens like that, I've never, I had not seen that. It was almost surreal. But he says this, he says, but don't be afraid. He says, because I did not give you a spirit of fear. Th this government only has one method on how to do things. They only have one. If they want you to get do, do something, they have one method. Not God's system, but in, in the capital, in the government that's in, in place right now, they have one tool in their tool belt, fear. You better do this. I'm going to do this. You're, you better do this. I'm going to do that. They don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to negotiate with you. All they know how to do is try to get people into fear. But what happens when fear is not enough? What happens when people are not afraid anymore? Then they result to the other thing that they have, force. Can I tell you a secret? God will never use fear. God will never force you to do anything. You have a right to choose. God does not make your decision. I heard somebody say, God, God will make you do. I said, well, give me a scripture that says that because there's not one scripture that says God made you do anything. He always gives you a right to make a choice. 
but the people they have been using fear for almost three years now from the time that all this started fear 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 and god says i'm not you wait how you know it's not god because god never uses fear to get you to do something it says for god did not give us a spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound why that words power there means dudamus god has given you miracle working power God has already given you miracle work and power. He's given you his agape love, his ability to love the seemingly unloving, and he's given you a sound self-control, not all over the place mind. So God does not give people fear, but God has given you power. He's given you his agape love, and he's given you a calm, self-controlled mind. Because let me tell you this. How do you know God is not behind all this? Because God says this, and well, his word says this in John chapter 10. He says, Jesus came to give life. And according to John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, the thief, talking about your adversary, only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God said, but Jesus said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So if Jesus says, I came to give you life in abundance to the full and to the overflow. And he says, I'm going to take it a step further. Verse 11, he says this. He says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So if you're saying, well, man, I thought God was supposed to be so good. Jesus says, I am the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. What does the good shepherd do? We talked about this last week in accordance to uh, Psalms 23, that the Lord Jesus is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leads me, he, make it be lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through, walk through the valleys of the shadows of death. It appears to be death. It appears to be danger. He says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord, the good shepherd is there with you. His rod and his staff, his word, they comfort you. He says, he says, you have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with my cup running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How do you end up receiving this good life? You got to get born again. We talked about this. The only time that Jesus ever said anything about born again was in John chapter three, when he's talking to Nicodemus. And the only reason why he was talking to him about being born again in John chapter three, when talking to Nicodemus, because Nicodemus was trying to find out how is it that Jesus is able to do the things he's able to do. Unlike any, even with all the situations and circumstances, the seemingly impossible situation and circumstances that he's facing with, how is he still able to do it? He says, you must be born again because unless you're born again, you cannot even begin to understand the kingdom of God, our God's nature, God's culture, our God's lifestyle. Unless you are born again, you cannot even begin to understand God's nature, our God's lifestyle, our God's culture. And the thing happened, what you don't realize is when you are born again, you as a you are when you're born again you're transitioned from one kingdom to another right now and if you're not born again you're operating according to the kingdom or the domain or the way the world's way of doing things which is all in darkness remember it says there's a way that seems right but the end of that way is destruction 
Colossians chapter 1.13 says this, for he, talking about Jesus, rescued us from the domain, our dominion, or the kingdom of darkness. And because he, get, he sacrificed his life on the cross, paid the sin debt, rose again on the third day, he's now made it available to all those who will accept him, who will believe on him, who will become born again to be able to be transitioned from the kingdom of darkness and once you receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you will be transitioned or transferred over to the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of God, in whom you have redemption, you have the forgiveness of sin. God's not even holding your sins against you. Any past sins that you had, he's not holding that against you. That sounds like good news to me. And he says, and all, all you have to do in order to receive that is be born again so that you can be transitioned back into the kingdom of God. See, the thing about it is you cannot even understand God's way of doing things until you become born again. You will hear parables. Parables are, are, are parables are, are stories about truth, but unless you open yourself and make yourself available to it, you won't be able to see it, even though it's right before your very eyes. To you, it will sound like a really good story, but you won't be able to see clearly what it really means unless you open yourself up to it. Well, why do I care about that right now? Because one of the things Jesus came to do in accordance to 1 John chapter 3 was to destroy the works of the adversary. Jesus came to destroy the works of the adversary. That's what he came to do. Because, see, you cannot even take control of a man's house unless you bind up, tie up, which uh, uh, pin up the one who believes they already have authority. So what did he do first? He came and defeated the adversary. He destroyed his works, took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, uh, received all authority, all power in his name, and then he turned around and gave the authority of power to you and I. Are you listening to me? All this is part about being but until you become born again, none of it, it just sounds like gibberish to you. You can't even see how that's even possible. But when you become born again, what happens is, is the lights come off. Or if you say, God, I'm open, God, just even while you're sitting there right now and say, Father, just take, open my eyes and let me be able to see that. I want to see exactly what it is that they're talking about. The reason why you must be born again, because that's the only way you can become, get into the kingdom of God. That's the only way that you will be able to see or understand or, or get a perception about the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? Now, Jesus came, remember he said, I came to give you life in abundance to the full and to the overflows. I came to destroy the works of the adversary. And when I, when, if you accept what it is I've done, then you will be transitioned from the, from the, the rulership, the nature, the lifestyle and culture of darkness, and you will be transferred over to the nature, lifestyle and culture of the kingdom of God. Can I tell you something? It's fat, it's it's polar opposites polar opposite everything about god is good there's nothing bad in god nothing whatsoever why am i telling you and what, what does that have to do with what's been going on in your country well god told me to share this with you he says 
For we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter 6. If you're just looking on the outside and you see everything that's going on on the news and, and all this, and can I tell you something? You can't believe everything that you see on the news because every news channel has a slant. They all have their own view of how they perceive the events going on. The other part about that is, is not everything that you see on the news is true. I know, right? Everything you see on the news is not true. There's a lot of stuff that you see on the news is not true at all. That's called cutting and pacing and splitting and putting together the story that best suits what their own, the news station's ideologies are. There is a state-run um, media source here in the nation of Canada that's state-run, that's supported by the government. If you look at that news station, you will be like, what? story are you reporting on because i was there it was nothing like what you just said so you can't, everything you see on the news is not true so if you're getting all your news and information from the news station can i tell you son cut it out because you are being lied to my mother asked me one time why don't you watch the news i said because i can lie to myself they could tell they could ask you parts about that news and then you ask your you ask the cia the holy spirit holy spirit what what's really going on and he'll tell you just like he was, that word of the Lord that came earlier today, he was telling us what's really going on. If you look at flesh and blood, you'll think it's just flesh and blood, but it's not. It goes much deeper than that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong on the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That wild, or wiles there in the Greek means trickeries, means schemes means traps of the adversary for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against listen to who you're wrestling against against principalities against powers against rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places so when you're seeing a lot of the stuff that's going on down there and you're talking about how the adversary has a plan he uses people but he assigns rulers of the darkness and principalities over a geographical location particularly over people in high positions in government to try to get his will done and if a person is not born again if they're not being led by the Holy Spirit, they will be very susceptible to whatever the, the principality, a power, a principality, a ruler of darkness is trying to get them to do that lines up with the kingdom of darkness, which goes totally parallel to the things of God. But can anybody say, but God? But God already has a had, already has a plan in place. You said, how do you know that this is even true? How, why should I even take your word? Turn with me, if you will, over to Daniel chapter 10. Don't take my word for it. I'll show it to you in the word of God. <laughs> Daniel chapter 10. Boy, I tell you what, you know, the adversary doesn't get upset till you start talking about giving people the truth about the kingdom of God. Once you hear the word about the kingdom of God, people either respond in one of four ways. They either reject it, they either receive it for a moment, but again, when trials and tribulations come, they cast it away. They either receive it for a moment, deal with the persecution and afflictions, but then they get so caught up in the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things that chokes out what they receive concerning the word on the kingdom of God. But there's that one group 
And that one group hears the word on the kingdom of God, receives it, believes it, and holds on until they see total uh, uh, harvest, some 30, some 1600 fold. Now let's talk about Daniel. Now Daniel, Daniel was a praying man. And this is, a, this is about Daniel and him praying. And this will help you understand why sometimes when you pray, why you don't see manifestation right away. This is what it says. I'm starting at verse, I'm in Daniel chapter 10, verse number eight. And it says this, it says, therefore I was left alone. This is Daniel talking. And I saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me for my uh, calmness was turned in me into corruption and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face towards the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and straight and stand upright. For unto thee, I am now sent. Who was he talking to? An angel. He says, and when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. What is he talking about? Daniel was praying. The king had made a decree. Nobody can pray anymore. If you, if, and nobody can pray to any other God. And when you hear the sound, when you hear that sound, uh, you're not supposed to pray at all. Daniel, you don't, nobody prays. Nobody's to pray. But Daniel says, I'm not going to yield to your, what your government says, because if your government doesn't line up with the one who I serve, then I'm not going to follow it. So Daniel, what does Daniel do? Daniel goes into prayer. When Daniel goes into prayer, the angel's telling him from the very first moment that you're, you begin, you set your heart to pray, your words were heard. And now he, God has sent the angel to, and to respond to the words. And this is what he goes on to say. He says, I was sent from the very first moment that you prayed. Now, Daniel had been praying for 21 days. He says, the angel was, the angel says, I was sent the very moment you prayed. But this is what happened. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, what's that word prince talking about? He, a ruler of darkness, a principality over Persia, which is a geographical location, withstood me uh, one and 20 days. So 21 days. But lo, Michael, another angel who is the chief, is of the chief princes, came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make, now y'all listen to that. There is a ruler of darkness, a principality that's over an area of Persia who is over, who is trying to influence the kings of Persia. And even when the angel was coming to bring a response to Daniel's prayers, the, the, the ruler of darkness or uh, principality tried to resist him. And he had Michael, who's one of the chief angels came to help him, even though he, because he was there, he was there to watch over those in Persia. Are y'all with me so far? He says, and now I am come to make thee understand 
what shall befall thy people? Because that's what Daniel was praying about. That's what he was praying for. He's given him the answer in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face towards the ground and I became dumb. And behold, one like the uh, solitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O oh, my Lord, by the vision, my sorrows are turned upon me and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of this, my Lord, talk with this, my Lord? For as for me, straightway, they, there remain no strength. Okay, straightway and again, and touch my, okay. Uh, oh, great, oh man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, knowest thou, wherefore I come unto thee and now will return to fight with what? The prince of Persia the ruler of darkness, the principality over that area. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of uh, Grecia shall come. So there was a principality over Persia. There was a principality over Grecia. There's a principality that's, that's over a ruler of darkness that's over Ottawa. There's principalities, rulers of darkness and spiritual weakness in high places that are over the nation of Canada and wherever it is that you live. Why? Because they are operating according to the kingdom of darkness. And he assigns principalities over there. What do principalities do? They establish legislation. They try to get influence men and women in government to, uh, to establish legislation that is contrary to the word of God. This I'm not making this stuff up. This stuff really is happening right now. Get anybody to say, but God, but God, but God will never be outdone. Why is he not being outdone? Because remember, Jesus said, I came to give you life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, I came to destroy the works of the enemy. I came. And when I came, if you receive me as your Lord and Savior, you will be transitioned out from under the rulership and dictatorship of the kingdom of darkness and be transferred over into the kingdom of God, God's nature, God's culture, and God's lifestyle. Do y'all see that? Amen. Glory to God. Now, why is that important to you? What, you told me all that. Man, that sounds great. Why is that important to me? Because not only did Jesus transition you from under the power of the adversary, but he turned around and gave you authority over him as well what yes i know right he turned around and gave you authority over the very one who used to have authority over you if you go all the way back to the garden of eden the reason why the adversary had to take on the form of a serpent and go and talk to adam and eve was because adam and eve had authority over them over him at the time they just did not utilize it what was one of the things Jesus came to restore back to black to people once they got after he restored the kingdom of God back into the earth authority dominion 
and power. Hallelujah. He says this in verse in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So the adversary at one point in time, he used to have authority over you because you were in the kingdom of darkness. But when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the moment you accepted him into your life, said, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart. The moment that you did it, he transitioned you from under the authority of darkness into the kingdom of God. And now what used to have authority over you you now have authority over him. And he says, I, Jesus said, I have given it unto you. Not that you're going to get it in the sweet by and by. He says, but I've given you authority and I've given you power to trample upon the serpent and over the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Every trick, every scheme, every trick that he would ever, every plot that he has set up against you. I've already given you authority over it. He says, I just need you to operate in that authority. He also goes on to say, how do you know that he's given you authority? He says, because in Ephesians chapter one, how do you know it's over everything? How, maybe it's just over a few things. Maybe it might just be over this little headache. Maybe it might be on a, hey, 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 remember, you are, you're, you are dead to your old way, and now you are alive in Christ Jesus. And why does that even matter to you? Well, in according to Ephesians chapter one, verse 20, it says this, he says, but he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above, far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is a name, every name that is, is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And Jesus has, he, he has, he has, God has put all things under his feet, all things under whose feet? Christ's feet. And he gave him, talk about Christ, to be the head over all things to the church. What does that word church mean? Ecclesia, his government assembly. He's gave Christ to be the head over the government assembly, which is his body, the fullness of him, which filleth all in all. So Christ is the head. You might be a pinky. Somebody else might be a toe. But guess what? He says he's put all things under his feet. So if, he, if, if Christ is the head and we are the body, that means that the adversary, every, every principality, every dominion, every might, every name that could be named, every principality, every, every ruler of darkness, all spiritual wickedness in heavenly places are already under your feet. But guess what? You got to open your mouth and you got to say something. You got to use your words to speak life and not death. God says this in, in Philippians chapter two, verse number nine, just going on and talking about what he gave to Jesus. And because you are in Jesus, you have the th same things as well. He says, wherefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus and gave Jesus a name and an authority, which is above every other authority that at the authority of Jesus, Every knee up will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It doesn't matter what, pres what Prime Minister try to do is trying to do because we already have the victory over that situation. All we got to do is get before God and find out, Father, what do you need me to speak to this mountain? What do you need me to say? How do you know it works just like that? Well, he says this in Proverbs chapter 18. Glory be to God. He says, death and life are in the power of your tongue death and life are in the power of your tongue well what does that do have to do with anything that's going on 
He says in accordance to Mark chapter 11, glory be to God. How, how do you know you have the victory? Because the greater one's on the inside of you. The greater one is on the inside of you. And if you are a member in the kingdom of God, not of churchy religion, but if you understand the kingdom of God, which Jesus came to reestablish in the earth, then you understand that, all, man, all I, all I got to do is find out what God's word says about it. All I got to do is get before God and find out what I'm supposed to say to this mountain. How do you know that? According to Mark chapter 11, verse 23 says, for I verily I say unto you that whosoever, that includes you, that includes me, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he or she says. So if you believe those things that you say out of your mouth, if you confess it with your mouth, believe it out of your heart. If you believe those things, he says, he or she shall receive whatsoever they say it. You believe once. You confess it three times as much as you believe it. I believe it in my mouth. I believe it in my heart. Therefore, I'm confessing it out of my mouth. I believe out of my heart that God has already intervened into this situation. I believe God's will is being done in Canada and throughout all Ottawa and earth, just like it is in heaven. And Father, I give you glory, honor, and praise. And I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Anything that does not line up with your word, I bind it in the earth. Therefore, it is bound in the heaven. What are those called? Keys of the kingdom. He also goes and says, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you shall desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Years ago, they used to have this song, I said, I got the power. God told me to remind you today, you got the power. You got the power. You have the authority. You have the dominion if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you, you've taken the time out to begin to understand what is God's way, what is his nature, what is his lifestyle, what is his culture, because God said, pray that my kingdom come, that my will, my original tent purposes and plans be done in the territory wherever you are. And if it's not like that in your home, you begin to pray, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in my home. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in my grocery store. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in this, on my workplace, in my neighborhood, in my community, in my province, in my nation, in the government, throughout education. You begin to declare that it is so. You begin to declare that it is done. You begin to decree a thing and it shall be established in the name of Jesus. How do you know? And this is where we're going to end. How do you know that works? How do you know that if I, if I seek first God's way of doing things, I seek the kingdom of God first, and I say what God says, I'm going to get what God says. Well, turn with me over to Ezekiel chapter 37, and this is where we're going to close. We talked about it in the song today. I didn't, at the time that I got this, the, the, we had put together the praise and worship earlier during the week. I got all this. This part of it was like today. Put this in. I want, this is what I want you to share with them. He says, he says, God's ways work all the time. 
you can predict it's predictable you will get a result if you do it god's way you will get a result if you do it the kingdom of god way not a churchy religious way the kingdom of god way because remember jesus came to establish the government assembly the government assembly and we'll be talking about that here very 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 soon Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1 says this, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit. I love that part because he always put his hand on you first. <clears throat> in the spirit of the Lord and sat, sat me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. What was very many? Bones. And lo, they were very dry, the bones. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, answered, oh Lord, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring you up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and have and shall know that I am the Lord. Now, the word of Ezekiel got a word of the Lord. God told him specifically what to say. He didn't just start saying a bunch of stuff. And when you're operating according to the kingdom of God, you have to understand what is the king saying about this situation and then say back to the situation, whatever the king says to you. He also goes on saying, and then what did he do? He says, so what did Ezekiel do? He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Now stop for a second. How many people know God could not just say bones live? God had the power to do it. He did not have the authority to do it. Why did he not have the authority to do it? Because when Adam and Eve bowed their knee in the garden, they had turned the authority over to the adversary. He couldn't just come and do what he wanted. Oh, that's good, Holy Spirit. He said, it's the same reason why in the Garden of Eden, people always ask, why didn't, if God knew that they was going to sin, why did he just intervene? Because he had already given authority of the earth over to Adam and Eve. He gave, he gave you and I authority over the earth. How does God get his expression in the earth today? Through you and me. How does the adversary get his expression in the earth? Through other people. Are you listening to me? How do they get their expression? By what they're saying out of their mouth. You can use your words for life, member, or you can use your words for death. Who's the deciding factor? What, which cycle you're going to get? God or the adversary? You. You are the deciding factor. If you, you, you are the deciding factor. Until Ezekiel says something, those dry bones just laid there. Then he said, but there's no breath in them. Then said he unto me, 
God said this to Ezekiel, now prophesy unto, unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain, the slain, and they that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet at an exceedingly great army. And this is what I have prophesied. The Lord gave me a word, and this is what I prophesied over the nation of Canada. I said, Father, I prophesy in accordance to the command that you have given me. Old dry bones throughout the city of Metcalf, throughout the city of Greeley, Manatick, Barhaven, Russell, Osgood, Nepean, throughout all of uh, Ottawa and Ontario, throughout the entire nation of Canada. I speak to you and I prophesy to you now in the name of Jesus. And I say, arise, O dry bones, in the name of Jesus, and you shall live. Arise like a mighty army right now in the name of Jesus, and you will go forth and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God with signs and miracles to follow. And many people will become to back into the right relationship, back into the kingdom of God, back in right place with God. I prophesy it now in the name of Jesus, and it is so. When he said that, and he said, and, and, and there is a breath. There is a breath. This is a breath. A blowing, a freshing of the Holy Spirit that's blowing across those dry bones even tonight. And it's going to awaken many out of their sleep and many out of their slumber. And they're going to stand up like a mighty army. And they're going to be ready to, to learn about the kingdom of God so they can go forth and preach the kingdom of God with miracle signs and wonders that will restore, restore many back into the kingdom of God. But what had to happen? We had to go get the word from the Lord first. Find out what to say. And to what? What gave me the legal right to be able to do that? Because I've received Jesus. I've born again and I received Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. He taught me about the kingdom of God and how God's nature, God's culture, and God's lifestyle was to be established in the earth. He gets his expression, his rulership in the earth through you, through me, if you're born again. How? When I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart. When you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And can I tell you something? The first time I said it, I heard this rattling. And what was it? Dry bones. He said, say it again. And I said it again. And guess what? Then those bones began to come together. I could see it in the spirit. They come together and dry bones of people who have fallen away and dry bones of people who have backslid and dry bones of people who have once had a hunger for God, but now they fell off. They're rising again. And like a mighty army. And we're not going to preach the government of Canada. We're not going to preach about research. We're not going to preach about this, that, and the other. We have one message, and that one message of own, the kingdom of God is at hand. So we're going to go forth, and we're going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Freely has been given to us. Freely we will give.
you can see clearly now. There's more to it that's going on in the country than what you see. There's more going on than what you see. But if you really wanted to change, God just told you how to change it. You have no excuse. God just told you how to change it. <laughs> wow, glory to God. I know y'all was praying for me. I know y'all was praying for me. That's why you can't be silent because it says again in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, if our gospel be, if we remain silent, our gospel will be hid. But who will it be hid from? Those who are lost. Those who are lost. What did Jesus, what did John the Baptist preach? The kingdom of God, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What did Jesus preach? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What did Paul preach? The kingdom of God. And he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to Acts 28 and 31. He taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. But he preached the kingdom of God. What did Jesus command us as his followers to do? Preach and teach the kingdom of God. But if you've never been born again, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do it tonight. It's as simple as the easiest thing you could do. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Quote us to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. It says this, that the word of God is near me. To, it's in my heart and in my mouth. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. What's another word for saved? Born again. Healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. What, what's, what is that, that we had to seek? the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what things? Healing, deliverance, wholeness, completion, born again will be added unto you. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So if you never received Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, or you have, and you know what? You know you haven't really been living your life, right? You want to get back in right relationship with him or... You man, I've been living a I've been living a religious life, but man, that this whole kingdom of God thing, man, woo! I, I got to get a hold of that. If you want to live a victorious life, you got to understand how to operate according to the kingdom. So, with every head bowed, every eye closed, repeat this prayer after me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me on the cross. And carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive your Holy Spirit. I'm now transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. I receive it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into right relationship. Welcome you back into the kingdom of God. Welcome you back into right position. Now, what do I do now, man? Because you've never been a part of the kingdom of God. You don't want to just become really what they call religious. 
means you're just doing a whole bunch of rice ceremonies. You want to understand, how do I operate according to the kingdom? Well, we believe Ignite is the perfect place for you. By all means, we want to invite you to join us every Saturday at 5 p.m. right here in the fabulous city of Greeley, Ontario. We'd love to have you here. Or if you're too far away or you got to work, man, you can catch the rebroadcast tomorrow at 6 p.m. It also will be here on YouTube, uh, Facebook, whatever the case may be. But also, if you're too far away, man, watch it on YouTube. But if, you, if you're riding in your car, man, turn on the Ignite to Life podcast, Ignite the number two life podcast, and you'll be able to watch, hear about this and all other messages that we've been preaching uh, before today. Remember, now that you can see clearly, you realize you must be born again in order to operate according to the kingdom of God. On behalf of Minister Jewin, uh, the entire night uh, nation and myself, we want to thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.